0: You are now entering
1: the Podglomerate. Hello and welcome to Plus Seven Intelligence, the show about how games impact people. My name is Chess. First off, I've got a little bit of an announcement. I wanted to find a way to say thanks to my listeners who are being supportive of the show. And I know how my listeners all love games, so I decided to give out some games. What's going to happen is that every month I'm going to do a random drawing for a Steam Game Key. And I'm going to be doing that for a full year. So I'm going to be giving out 12 games over the course of this next year. I'll have more details about it at the end of the show, but for now, all you need to know is go to 7 slash loot, that's slash loot, L-O-O-T, and I'm only promoting this to listeners on this show. This is just for people who listen and enjoy the show. So check that out. I'll have more details at the end. Now on with the show. So as games have gotten bigger, the, the AAA games, they keep getting more and more massive and and they get so much more media attention, and the marketing around it is phenomenal and dazzling. but along those big titles, there's games that don't always get as much attention; they don't have the the big budgets behind them and these indie games that kind of offer another side of gaming that the general public might not see, and even many gamers might not be all that familiar with so Today on the show, I'm talking with Jupiter Hadley. She is a indie game enthusiast, uh, is the only way I can think to describe her. She is very active in the game jam community, which that'll be explained a little bit in the interview, and she also does a lot of Let's Play videos and videos demonstrating indie games and small games that come out. She has a passion for these games that is really amazing, so I was excited to talk to her about how the indie scene is pushing what games can be and pushing for more people to, to get involved in making games. One note, at one point in the show, you'll hear us talking about itch.io or itch.io. That is a website, and the site is actually itch.io, I-T-C-H I-O, and that is a site that is a, a platform for finding and playing indie games. So with that cleared up, let's get into the interview. Alright, I am here with Jupiter Hadley. Uh, Jupiter is a indie game enthusiast. She has a YouTube channel where she does previews and Let's Plays of indie games and also Game Jam games. And she is also the co-creator of IndieGameJams.com. So welcome to the show, Jupiter.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me. Hello.
1: I guess where we should start is, why did you want to get involved in the indie game world? And what was kind of your entry point to being so interested in indie games and game jams?
0: All right, so uh, a long time ago, when I was a teenager, um, so not really not that long ago, but when I was a teenager, I had I had Minecraft, and I played on a Minecraft server like every other kid I knew. And um, my best friend from that server, his name is Chris, and he was an indie game developer. Um, he didn't release that many games, still doesn't, he really should, but... Um, I found it so amazing that he was creating games, and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a game!" I can't make a game. I found out very fast that I cannot make games, <laughs> but at the same time, I really appreciated um, just how long it takes to make a game and how just difficult it was for me. It made me like look up to these game developers that were just creating games for fun. And then I was introduced to game jams through him, uh, specifically the Ludum Dare or Ludum Dare, however you want to say it. And at that point, I was recording indie games because that was the only thing I could do. I put up like little TIG source forum posts saying, Hey, I'd like to play your game on my channel with two subscribers. Come let me play your game. And um, I really thought it was even more amazing that developers were making games in like two days. Because I couldn't even make a start screen in two days. Let alone a full game, start to finish, all done. So it just amazed me. And i uh became a bit obsessed with it <laughs> um with breaking into that community without being a game dev specifically.
1: well, that's great that you you were interested in something and you got into it and you know maybe found out that maybe your skill set wasn't wasn't set up for exactly what you wanted, but you still found kind of your niche and found something that you could contribute. I think that's interesting and I didn't know what a game jam was until, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half ago. Can you describe what a game jam is for those who haven't heard of it before?
0: All right. Game jams are basically small amounts of times, like a set time, that all these different developers are going to go in and make a game. Sometimes a board game, sometimes just online games, sometimes more of a twine or a choose-your-own-adventure-written-novel-type thing. Um, and most Jams have themes, although not all of them do, and sometimes they're optional. And those themes are what you guys can base your games around. Um, And there's a lot of rules and restrictions with some jams, other ones have none. Um, But it's just a lot of people almost making a community around an event where they create a game.
1: Like you described, I was surprised at game jams about how how much could be done in a weekend or two days or whatever the the Game Jam timeframe is, the kind of the, the software and the tools and I guess all the infrastructure, I guess you could say, around making games has has come a long way that to make a, a simple game, you know, it can come together pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. So that's something that I was the same way. I thought, oh, well, a game will take three years to make easy, but uh, you can... You'd still be surprised what what a scrappy group can um, can piece together in a weekend with, uh, you know, just for the love of it.
0: Yeah, just completely from scratch as well. Sometimes you find amazing games and you're like, how did you you had 40? Did you sleep like what? hot? What? It's, it's quite amazing.
1: Do you have any particular favorite game jams or, you know, features of game jams that you that you prefer to see?
0: Uh, My favorite, my all time favorite gem doesn't actually exist anymore, which is kind of sad, but back when I first started there was this game jam called TAG, and it was called the Obituary uh, Game Jam. So that's where TAG came from. It stands for the Obituary Arbitrary. The Arbitrary, sorry. The Arbitrary Game Jam. I always said obituary (laughs) as well, but it's arbitrary. And uh, basically, it was um, a game jam where the themes were randomly picked from a generator, three themes, and you had to incorporate all three themes as well as themes by whoever ran the jam. The winner would then run the next game jam. So, I actually uh, made a game for one of them, I made graphics for a game for one of them that won, and I got to run the game jam myself, and it was a great experience, and then, uh, like, the person who won that one ran the next one, and it was so cool sort of passing the torch around so that other people could, you know, host a jam, back before there were um, a lot of places that that hosted game jams. And it was um, really random, the theme. So a lot of the games were super creative that came out of it. And they was so weird. Like, there was um, a naked mole rat dating type game and just all this weird stuff would come out of it because it was just three random words that all had to be used. So I really loved um, that game jam. Though eventually there was less uh, notice to it and people stopped wanting to host so it sort of um, fell through the cracks and it doesn't doesn't live on anymore um there's a lot of really cool game jams that go on year by year the game boy jam is really cool Always has great entries um game makers gm48 which is a quarterly game jam is always really cool all the games are always very polished i don't know if i necessarily have a favorite feature in a jam Um, i like a lot of jams that have like a community around them And that's why I think I liked the Tag Game Jam, that you could always see the same developers, and you kind of got to watch how their skill level grew through their entries in the jam. And I feel about the same with the Game Maker 48. Um, It's such a tight-knit community uh, that you can watch how these developers are finding their footing and how they're growing. And I like seeing people interact with each other, and I'm interacting with them um And they interact back and it just, it feels like home. It feels like a community.
1: That's one thing that I really like about the idea of Game Jams is it's, video games are big business now, you know, they are yeah. industry, they are the media in a real sense. But the idea of some creative people getting together and kind of just tagging up and saying, hey, I'm a programmer, you're a you're an artist. This guy's got a crazy idea. Let's let's run with it. I think that's that's really exciting and kind of. It gets back to the idea that uh, you know games, they're games. You know they're supposed to be fun, and yeah. you know once you put in a bunch of corporations and money and deadlines and all sorts of things like that, it can kind of. The game industry now is is starting to get kind of notorious for having some difficult working conditions, and, Mm. you know, have a really high rate of burnout.
0: And very same-ish games as well.
1: Yeah, AAA games are, they are getting kind of cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. Without even opening up a new game, you know, I can tell you that a AAA title is going to have XP, and it's going to have unlocks, and it's probably going to have microtransactions Mm -hmm. uh, for cosmetics. And, you know, I know that the cover mechanic is probably going to work like this, and, There's just very little surprise in AAA games. I mean, I think overall the quality is great, but the, you know, the innovation, you know, the ability to see something you've never seen before.
0: Yeah, it's very lacking.
1: Yeah. Before we move on, how about you, um, tell me what IndieGameJams.com is and uh, why did you start it?
0: So back when I first started out recording game jams, there was a whole lot less of them. And it was very easy to find them because there was only like five or six. Um, and as I sort of got into game jams, they grew. And all of a sudden, um, Itch.io had its own way to host game jams on their website and Game Joel released a way to host ga- game jams there. And all of a sudden, it became so easy to create game jams that there were tons of them. Um, prior to this, compo hub used to be a website that listed all of the game jams going on online at any given point just on their website and i used to use it quite often but i started finding that it didn't have all of the game jams and uh, i was like okay so this kind of sucks um and then it turned out the person who was running it didn't want to run it anymore. And he was passing it off to someone else. And then it became almost like never updated for a period of time. And I went, right, so this is a real hinder to what I'm doing. I need a list of all of the game jams going on ever. Why hasn't someone made this? And at the time, one of my good friends, um, Bunny Hero on Twitter, he was like, oh, well, we should just make our own. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, let's make our own web. I don't know how to make a website. And he was like, no, no, I can make a website. Um, you love game jams. Um, we can just figure this out. And we got, um, Chris on board, who's my best friend who got me into everything. And we were like, okay, let's do this or whatever. And, um, there were some other people involved with it at first, but, um, in the end, it ended up being like me, Bunny Hair, and Chris and Bunny Hero does a lot to keep the, the site up to date and running smoothly. He does a lot of the back-end work. He's a great individual, and it basically is just a giant calendar of all of the game, uh, game jams that are going on online, as well as you can switch to a calendar of all of the physical game jams that there are going on, and you can switch to a calendar of just indie gaming or gaming-related events, which is sort of A newer thing it's um kind of in beta stages if you will um and we curate all of the stuff that goes onto the site uh specifically on those areas on those maps and on that calendar and it's just a super helpful tool for me (laughs) and i guess a lot of other people who use it to find jams and to keep up with them and to see if there's any going on that pique their interest so yeah it just felt uh uh, fulfilled a need that i had (laughs) so we made our own
1: (laughs) Yeah, that, that's really great. And when I first saw that, it it really surprised me because the day that I was looking at it between the online events and the live events, I saw that there were like 20, over 20 different events going on. Yeah. Right that day. I was just totally blown away. The game jams were getting so numerous or popular. Yeah. And so that's a, that's a, a great, uh, Resource I know when I first started looking into game jams, I was looking onesie twosie trying to find something that would work with the time frame and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. so I'm actually kind of excited to go back to that and you know maybe try to find a, a free weekend that I have and uh, maybe I'll be able to find something.
0: There's always something going on, it seems um some game jams are obviously more successful than others, but there's always a jam going on lately. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and that's, that's great. I think that's awesome for, um, you know, for the community. And there's lots of people getting experience and talking to each other and practicing making games. Mm-hmm. It's actually really exciting. So what are some particular games or, or moments from game jams that, uh, that really stick out for you as being really special, you know, about the indie game world and the game jam environment?
0: Um, a lot of it's interaction with the community. Um, I really like hearing developers um, say that they've never expected someone to... Especially when I first started. They never expected someone to YouTube their game. Or that they like... This is just like a half-finished project. I can't believe someone even played it. And like, oh, of course, you put a lot of hard work in 24 hours into this thing. Um, so I love um, just hearing back from developers. Recently, I played a kids game jam which was a game jam that uh challenged developers to team up with their with their child or a child to create a game together and one of the kids i guess told their parent oh my game's on youtube now the whole world can see it and that made me smile because i mean he's not wrong the whole world isn't gonna see it but he's not wrong That's, that's just it really made me smile so a lot of it's um community behind it. Um, for me personally, the best moment I guess um through game jams that I've had um that just affects me and has to do with me was one year uh, Ludum Dare said that I could vote uh for the games in Ludum Dare like everyone else does like all the developers do. But because mm-hmm. Ludum Dare was like the first jam I'd ever done, and it was like this community that I so wanted to be a part of, but I just didn't have the skill. Being given the honor to be able to vote was just so big to me, even though I knew that my vote really, in the end, it didn't, um, it didn't weigh any more than anyone else's than the millions of, well, thousands of other people voting. Um, I just was so happy. It was like being accepted into the cool kids club after watching them from afar for so long, and I was so happy to take part. I was so happy, and I voted on all the games. (laughs)
1: That's great. You know, that's great that um I guess they they recognized, you know, what you were doing and um how excited you were about the uh, about game jams and indie games, I guess.
0: It was really awesome. I was so happy to be accepted into them, into their little group.
1: So you you also make you have a YouTube channel where you you play indie games and you play these game jam games. You know, you kind of review them a little bit from the videos I saw and give, you know, kind of give bring some of these games to more visibility than it seems like most Game Jam games, once the jam is done, you know, that game's never seen again. But uh uh, but so tell me a little bit about the about your channel.
0: So uh basically I do single let's plays every day of just games that get requested to me both on Android and PC. And then I also do game jams. Um, in a compilation format for about a minute each unless it's a narrative game and then five minutes for that game, well up to five minutes, um, just in like sort of rapid fire 10 games per video until that jam is done. And then from there, my favorites, my personal favorites, um, if the game jam has more than like five favorites, um, from me, will get written up about on Game Jolt's Fireside, as well as some key games could be written about on Alpha Beta Gamer, because I write for them. Um, and yeah, I just play as many <laughs> games really as I can. Um, a lot of game jam games are unfinished or unpolished. So I find that having a quick glance at a load of different games will show you, as the person looking to play them, um, just what might stick out to you, what you might like, or the general feel of the gym, as well as uh, some quick feedback, I guess, to developers of just, like, which way do I go, or I have no idea what I'm doing, or you didn't write any description, so I'm pushing buttons, hoping one of these is the controls, Um, because game jams are done so fast. I find that a lot of little things are overlooked, so you do get a bit of feedback in that time frame. But I don't feel like Game Jam games can be very critically reviewed, which people might disagree with, but I feel like if you're going to make something in 48 hours, that's going to be the best you can make in 48 hours. Like, It's it's easy to go back and say, oh, well, this could be refined more, but obviously it's a Game Jam game. So I try to keep quite positive and pick out uh, features that I enjoy in it.
1: One thing to to note about your channel is that you play a lot of different games. Yeah. I saw you had a list somewhere that your counter was at like 498 games. Yeah. I don't know I don't know how current that is but that is an unbelievably huge number of games. So what is it that that drives you to to document and to try out All these games, that's... I have a hard time, you know, playing more than one different game in a week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I guess it's almost like a lifestyle now, playing indie games. Um, When I first started, it was something I did after school because I had free time and I really, really couldn't make games and wanted to. I wanted to be a part of the community. And uh, I just kept up with it and then I graduated and then I moved countries and I just... I love playing people's games. I love playing the, the things that they've created. Uh, even if just for a moment, Just I feel like so much effort and so much work is put into these little things that are up on the internet. And sometimes they don't ever get played or they don't ever get seen. So it's sort of the drive to cover people's games because people like it and developers really like it and appreciate it. So I guess part of it's that. Um, part of it's I like playing games, um, and I really enjoy <laughs> playing unfinished games for whatever reason. Uh, a lot of it's just the amazement at games being created and about finding these little gems in the, in the bottom of unknown game gems in the corner of the indie world that I live in. Um, but yeah, the whole spreadsheet, I have like a spreadsheet that is my statistics or whatever of, um, single let's play games that I've done, as well as, um, just game jams that I've covered. And that was basically because, uh, one year someone had said, oh, you should apply to be in the Book of World Records for, like, the game edition for the most, um, games played. And I did, and they replied, oh, well, you're not, um, documented, you don't have documentation. I was like, oh, I'll have documentation. So I, I did all my documentation, and they still said no or whatever. And then I've just sort of kept up with it. I tend to, after I finish a game jam, I'll update it with that number of games that I was able to play from that jam. And just have a, a running record of just what I've done, really. Um And I'm very organized as an individual, so I kind of, like, obsessively have lists of stuff that I'm doing and just very... Just organized, I guess, so I have just a spreadsheet to let me know what I've done in the last year.
1: Wow, that's uh, disappointing that they um, <laughs> they didn't think that that was a, a record worth, I guess, assigning or awarding to somebody.
0: I'll try again someday, but <laughs> I guess I have to get a few more, a few more games played.
1: <laughs> Guinness has been around for a while. You might uh, might need to find a uh, a more uh, modern, hip um record record uh keeping agency yeah.
0: cuz i play uh 5000 game jams uh game jam games a year
1: so Holy i figured that'd be Lord.
0: enough but apparently not no i i should try applying again cuz i do play way more now than i did back then and i do have a, a sort of record
1: We you should uh appeal to the video game awards and have them add a category
0: <laughs> just for me
1: or, yeah <laughs> just for you yeah and that's that's amazing to me too, just because these games, you know, they're every jam is a little bit different. And, uh, oh, yeah. you know, each just how you literally, you know, find and play that game could be completely different from game to game. So, uh, I imagine that's pretty difficult to, to find a way to play all of them and get all of them recorded.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got it down to a science now, almost my process, but. When I first started out, and there was so many obscure, um, game jams, like the waifu jam was a jam I had some trouble recording, because, um, none of the games were actually, well, most of the games weren't actually compiled quite right, and one of the games was a virus, and wasn't actually a game. <laughs> um, so, like, sometimes it is quite difficult, and sometimes you have, like, multiplayer games, local multiplayer games, games that require you to download Hamachi, Android games, Um, but yeah, it, it was quite challenging but it still is, I guess I'm just better at dealing with it and organizing it in a way that it's less difficult for me to record through them, but
1: Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just find that so interesting that you, you know, you started doing it, you know, there was, there wasn't even, probably wasn't even a thought of a world record when you started, but, uh, but you're, you seem to be awful persistent and, um, very meticulous and, committed to uh to making sure that all these little games kind of get their um get their little spotlight that you can give them
0: yeah and i really enjoyed doing it it's a labor of love that it can be somewhat intense after a lunum dar is ended at the same time uh, as a low res jam that got 600 entries mm-hmm. but it's always quite fun to go through them
1: <laughs> so maybe some listeners here have uh you know they're not really a part of the indie world or or know a whole lot about game jams. Do you have any tips or places for people to start if they, you know, want to find out more about, um, about indie games and, uh, maybe taking part in, uh, game jam?
0: Yeah. Um, I'd start, if you, specifically if you wanted to take part in a game jam, I'd start at indiegamejams.com. <laughs> and just, uh, scroll over some of the titles of game jams and find one, find one that piques your interest. Most of the time they have hashtags. Um, and that'll take you to Twitter where people are talking about that jam. And if there's a couple of people talking about the jam, there'll probably be a couple of entries. So
1: Tonight on NBC. Well, everyone in the cardiac surgical department please raise your hands. Thank you. You're all fired.
0: Based on an inspiring true story.
1: Any department who places billing above care, you will be terminated. One doctor will break every rule. Just tell me what you need, what your patients need. To inspire... A revolution. Let's get into some trouble. Let's be doctors.
0: Again. From the network that brings you This Is Us. New Amsterdam. Tonight on NBC. From there you can get information about your jam. Sometimes they have discords. Or just places like that where you can go and talk to other people. Or sometimes on Twitter people are using the hashtags to team up. Or on the forums if it's um, a forum based jam I suppose. Um... I would suggest using the Game Maker engine, personally, because I find that the GameMaker engine is really easy, even if you're not very good at coding, to quickly prototype a game and get it to the playing stage as fast as possible, um, because that's what you want to do in a jam. You want to have something playable as fast as you can, so that you guarantee something submitted. I would say start off with a small idea, because you don't have a lot of time, and uh work on just making a really good version of that small idea before you add in bits and take care of yourself because you won't code very well if you haven't slept or if you didn't eat properly or if you're not drinking water, for example. It's very easy to get in the zone and forget that you need to take care of yourself. Um, If you're just getting started at making games, stick with it. Don't do what I do and just open up an engine and then get frustrated and close it down for like a month and forget what you were doing. Um, It's something that you really have to stick with. And there are tons of resources and forums and just people that are willing to help you and willing to check out your stuff. Um And it's very easy to host your games up on websites um, instead of, you know, Dropbox where you will eventually lose them or <laughs> anything like that. So I would commit to it, do it regularly, and then get it up where people can see it. And definitely have a Twitter so that you can interact with people. <laughs> There seems to be a lot of game devs on Twitter, and they all have hashtags like hashtag game uh, indie game dev hour, which is a great little community of game devs that are always willing to give feedback and talk. And there's hashtag screenshot Saturday, where you can put up, you know, little pictures of your code or just things you're doing, and you'll get feedback on that. And just a hashtag game dev or indie dev, both of those work. And there's always people checking out that. And there's also a hashtag game dev pet, which I sort of put all of my pets up under, even though I'm definitely not a game dev. Um, so we're, we're a fun community, really. <laughs> fun. And um, yeah, join in, find some people you like, make some games.
1: You're playing all these different games. Are there any games that you've discovered from a game jam that, that you'll still go back to, even with uh, this full plate of other games to play?
0: Um, yeah, several times I've had that happen. One of the, I guess, most successful Game Jam games that I've sort of stuck with, I'm so excited they're releasing, like, a part two, they just, like, announced it a couple weeks ago, is uh, Party Hard. And Party Hard, um, I don't quite remember what jam it was made for, but you are um entering a party, and you basically just want to kill everyone at the party one by one through various ways of killing them. (laughs) Um, just stealthily, as to not alert the police. And sometimes you can even, like, blame the deaths on other people, and they get arrested. Um, it's a very, very fun game. Just because it's challenging. There's, like, a hundred party guests, and you have to- well, probably not a hundred, but it feels like it. And you have to, like, get them off in an area, and then kill them really quick, and then run away. And it's just, um lots of ways that you can do little tricks and hazards and stuff. And after the jam they've continued polishing it up. And I like played it a second time on my channel after playing it obsessively uh, by myself and then it went on steam and I, I played the steam edition which had a great story added to it and recently they said they're doing um a beta sign up for Party Hard 2 because i've completed Party Hard i've completed the whole story mode because they've flushed it out said so there is a story as why you're killing these people at this party and you go to different parties in the steam version and everything and then um Party Hard 2 It looks like it's going to be the same sort of idea, but maybe with a new story or something. I'm not quite sure, but I've signed up for the beta and I'm really excited about it. And it's probably the game that I've kept up with the most after a jam. (laughs) Um, It was just so well done. After the jam, I obsessively played it, just the jam version, until I had beaten it because I couldn't couldn't get everyone and it was driving me insane. I was like, there has to be a way. (laughs) That's probably my favorite. I'm not really into killing games normally. I, I like typing games or point and click adventures, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's something about all of the just smart ways the developer went that, like, you can turn on the stove and then walk away, and after a set no- uh, like a set number of seconds, the stove explodes. So if you can time it just right, so that someone's by the stove or a few people, it's like a jackpot, and you can't be blamed for that. <laughs> Nothing can put it back to you, so it's fine.
1: Oh wow, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs>
0: Bit of a violent game, but I very much enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, well, violence in games is is uh, it's kind of a tricky, tricky idea because I mean, depending on the kind of game, you know, people might call it violent or not violent. Is Mario violent? I mean, he literally squashes creatures to death. Like, <laughs> is that is that violent or um, is that okay because it's kind of cartoony? You know.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a gray area. Yes, it's a gray. Area. It depends on um someone's definition, I guess, of what they consider violent. Um, because I I wouldn't consider Mario violent, you know, but that's just me.
1: In the indie game world, there's been some developments, I guess, over the past few years that have kind of changed how how games get to people, especially indie games, because now there's there's Kickstarter and there's mm-hmm. Steam Greenlight, so there's some more avenues that seem to offer an opportunity for developers without a lot of resources to to get their games in front of people. What do you, what are your thoughts on kind of these these new models of, of developing games and how and how they are kind of affecting the, the type of games that come out?
0: I think it's great. <laughs> I don't know, in short, I think it's great. Um I think it's really wonderful that you can find more indie games being funded and being turned into um not triple A games, but just far more polished games. I think it's wonderful that um bigger places I guess are recognizing the value of indie developers because they're not restricted like triple A people are. They're not restricted by many of the limitations that AAA companies are given. And when you give someone um, more freedom, I feel like they make way more creative things. And indie devs, they they make games that are um, exploring topics that other games don't explore. And they do it in such a nice way, in such um, a beneficial way. And they really push the limits of what games even are as a medium. And create such touching little tales on most of their lives and then funny little games that are just creations that they've come up with and on like steam greenlight i've seen like really deep games about developers and then even like bigger games that are you know just kind of goofy and fun to play but it adds so much more variety to the gaming world and um, places like itch.io are also really good if you want to find Indie games, there's like so many places where you can find great games, and they're all so unique and different. You do get like a lot of same-ish games. Um, but there is more potential for uniqueness in it. Uh, and we'll see how, uh, Greenlight sticks around because I heard Steam's changing that to like Steam Direct or whatever, so we'll see how that affects everything. But, I feel like indie games are such a valuable part of gaming at this point, or at least my gaming. Um, they deserve to be up there with AAA games.
1: Can you give a, maybe an example of a topic that, like you mentioned, that that a an indie game has explored that that you probably wouldn't ever see in a AAA game?
0: A lot of like, um, I don't play a lot of AAA games, so I might be wrong, um, but I feel like I've played indie games about um, LGBT experiences, LGBTQ plus experiences, and I feel like you get a perspective into someone's life, like someone's life that's far different than mine. And I haven't played any AAA games ever, really, but I haven't played any AAA games that are just deeply um, rooted into someone's story. And um, a normal lost phone's is a good example of that. Um, I played the Jam Edition. And it's you're finding someone's cell phone, and they are a transgendered person, or they're becoming a transgendered person, I think. Um... And they're just not out yet. And it's sort of exploring their life through this phone of these two different people they almost are. Um, the person they really are and the person that people think they are. And I've played, um, just, I've played games about women having periods basically and just dealing with that. And that's the core part of the game. I've played, um, games that are just about sexism and about, um, wage gaps. And about being interviewed as a woman. And, uh, the AAA games, as far as I know, don't touch on those things. They don't touch on, um, deep personalities. I've also played other games, um, just about a developer. I played just a sort of memoir type game that was just about stages of a developer's life that they personally lived through. And it's just so touching to play games like that. That are, they're literally just a window into someone's personal life that they've given to the rest of the world and I find that amazing and you can tell how much of their heart they've just poured into this thing that they've created and there's some lesser personal ones like um one night stands a really nice narrative and it's about you're waking up the morning after you've just slept with someone and you don't know who they are you don't remember anything happening and it's your decision what happens next do you just leave do you want to get to know this person and see what happened or if you guys could have a relationship and it's all up to you uh so you get to experience a lot of um well me i got i got to experience something i'd never really experienced before through this game and it's just um very nice to connect to a game that way on a a really personal level.
1: You know, that's really interesting that that definitely is a lot different than how your average person on the street is going to think about games, about the people probably have a conception of exactly of what they think is a game and then games are not going to be different from them and from that in their minds. But it seems Mm. like indie games really have the ability to... To reach out and really broaden the horizon of what games can be and what games can be about and the stories they can tell and the, you know, emotions that they can evoke. That's really great. And it's kind of interesting that it's kind of the underdogs who are kind of championing these, you know, these different topics and ideas and pushing the boundaries. I think that's really interesting and exciting.
0: And there are some really exciting, like, um, just arcade games and platformers that aren't very deep and that just have unique mechanics that are really interesting. But the indie community does a very good job of pushing the boundaries of what a game is, and I find that very inspiring and very interesting.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's great. I actually, um, I thought I'd try out a, a new indie game since I was going to talk to you. So I just <laughs> browsed, uh, itch.io and just found, something. I don't know why it caught my eye, but it's called Rogue Light. Rogue and then L-I-G-H-T. The basic mechanic is that most of the game is completely dark, and it's a 2D side-scroller, and the only way you get light are very sparse torches that are um, scattered throughout the level, and you can light them with your magical bow. And Mm. um, when I first played, I thought it was just awful because everything was in the dark and I was just like wow this game is so broken there's no way anyone could play this because once you run out of arrows you have no way to get light anymore and so you can literally just be wandering around and not seeing anything at all on your screen Mm. but I stuck with it for a little while and it it really kind of hooked me just because you start learning all these little strategies and the game is not very complex at all, but it has just enough moving parts that when you combine them together, you have these interesting strategies you know, yeah. where you, you're you trying to conserve your arrows so you learn that you can shoot at a torch and then it's going to reflect backwards. So if you are brave enough to jump over an enemy and then position him be- behind you, then you can use one arrow to light a torch and get an enemy. And it's, I don't know, I just found it really interesting that this game that has you know no no instructions really at all and you know it's very simple and mm-hmm. but uh it just showed kind of how some really basic mechanics put together can make a a really addicting game i don't know just that you mentioned uh you know how a simple game with unique mechanics can uh, breathe new life into games and that's exactly what i experienced this week
0: Awesome. And did you know that game was actually originally made for a game jam, specifically the Game Boy Jam 3 back in 2014?
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, so you were playing a game jam game.
1: Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, it's. I've actually. I've put a little bit of time into trying to learn how to make games using Construct 2. And so I've been trying to rack my brain for it's
0: a very good starter engine as well
1: oh yeah i um my experience was that i started it up and once i learned it and started putting some things together i'd i had a blast making the game and like literally just trying to figure out how to make a character that'll move in four directions and just little simple things that the 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 engine makes it so easy to put things together because you have these pre-built systems that you kind of just plug in your own your own little pieces into and i had a blast and it was as it was as much fun to make a game as it was to play most games but um hmm. but yeah playing roguelite really inspired me and now i want
0: to
1: <laughs> i want to load up construct 2 and and get started making games <laughs> try to make a game again if i could ever find the time
0: <laughs> i'm sure you could do it i'm sure you could
1: yeah, well, I'm trying to get uh, get this podcast put together and launched, and maybe once I get that sorted, then I can uh, I can do a little project here or there.
0: Mm. They have a uh, one hour game jams where you can create a game in just an hour. Mm-hmm. So not all of the time or all of the entries actually um, playable games with like a goal, mm-hmm. but it's it's pretty interesting to see what you can push out in an hour. If you ever have an hour, spare and they're running one, um but yeah, setting aside time to make a game, it takes quite a bit of time, especially if you're new
1: mm-hmm.
0: to sort of flesh something out
1: so do you have uh, anything exciting on the, the the horizon for you, anything that you're making or uh coming out with that that you're particularly excited about
0: twenty seventeen a whole new year um this year I've been working on just sort of um diversifying I guess is the word uh, my YouTube channel because I have lots of the sameish videos so I've been doing sort of a game dev spotlight where I do sort of like this an interview with a game dev um, just asking them lots of game jam specific uh, questions about what they do in jams really to get a better understanding I guess of game jams um, and to be more a part of that community. I write for various websites, um, but this year I started writing for Play Source, which is run by the same people as Movie Pilot, and that's sort of an indie game um, article place. An indie game—I wouldn't say review place—but we talk a lot about indie games and board games and tabletop games. So that's been quite interesting uh, writing for them. I have like an article for them every day except weekends, so it's a bit intense, but it's really great. And just keeping up with what I do. I'm moving to London, uh, very soon actually. So I should be attending more events. Um, here in England, all of the events tend to be, uh, in London, really. So I should be showing up at more of those and just meeting real people in real life. Um, which should be really fun. And giving some more talks this year, I hope, about games and about what I like to see in games. Um, I've actually, uh, judged um a couple of game jams last year and i started judging the big indie pitch this year which is quite interesting it's where people uh quick fire almost like speed dating but with indie games they quick fire three minutes to tell me about their game me and a couple of judges and then um we ask questions and then they move on to the next table to do it all over again and so that fits like perfectly into what i do every single day just quick fire s- seeing a game deciding what's good and bad about it and then moving on to the next one and that's been very very fun to take part in so i hope to do some more judging there and yeah generally cover more jams
1: that's great that sounds uh sounds exciting um so how can uh how can my listeners find out more about about your work and what you do
0: Ah, uh, Twitter is the best way to find me and contact me. I'm at Jupiter underscore Hadley on Twitter, um, and I'm Jupiter Hadley on YouTube and basically anywhere that I am, that uh, Jupiter underscore Hadley. Um, so yeah, Twitter is the best way to find me. I also have a Patreon if you want to support what I do if you like it. Um, that's wonderful, but yeah.
1: Yeah, and also a reminder of com for anybody who, I guess, is interested in finding out about the, the different gaming, game jam events that are out there.
0: Mm-hmm. Take part in the happenings, and I might end up playing your game.
1: Well, there you have it. So thank you so much, Jupiter, for being on the show, and um, thank you so much for uh, talking about indie games and enlightening us all about about all the kind of games that are out there.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much for having me.
1: I find that indie games help to continually challenge what we think of what a game is and what a game could be. We often think in terms of what the next big game that's coming out is or what the next iteration on that game is in reality. And sometimes the genre gets a little bit of an upgrade. But... Indie games allow for creativity to thrive and and for the unconventional to take center stage. Minecraft is an obvious example. What started as a one-man operation turned into a force to be reckoned with and has taken over schools and opened up the door for entirely new kinds of games to be made. And indie games also bring in a wider range of people, allowing anyone with a passion to try their skills and express themselves with the game. All right, so now the part that you guys have been waiting for, the details about the giveaway. The reason I wanted to do a giveaway is I didn't want to talk on every episode and, and just keep asking over and over again for my listeners to go out and follow on Facebook and follow on Twitter and leave a review. I didn't want to just keep asking over and over again a favor of you guys without offering something in return. So I found this platform called Gleam.io. And what it allows me to do is give credit to my listeners for doing those actions, for, for visiting on Facebook, for following on Twitter, leaving a review, things like that. So the way that I can give you credit is that each of these actions within Gleam is treated kind of like buying raffle tickets. Each one of those gives you a certain number of entries that will add to your chances of winning the sweepstakes. And there are several cool things about doing it this way. One, if you do something difficult, like I know that leaving a review is sometimes difficult and it takes multiple steps. If you do that, it actually gives you a larger chance to win the giveaway. So since it takes up more of your time, I can give you more chances to win. Second is that if you do multiple of those actions, like you leave a review and you follow on Twitter and so on, it actually adds up and it stacks your chances. So if you really like the show and you support it in multiple ways, I can give you credit for multiple of those things. And also, this part's really cool, is the way I'm running my giveaway is that I'm going to be doing a drawing from the same group Every month for the coming year. So, if you join this month, you will be in the drawing for 12 games over the course of the year. So, you will continue to be in the drawings until the contest ends or you win something. And another thing that's cool about it is that if you have already done these things, you've already followed on Twitter, for instance, then you can just go in, connect your Twitter account, and immediately get credit for it. And you're able to do that with most, if not all, of the different actions. So, so if you've already done all those things, go to the site and and claim the credit uh for doing those things. It'll take you just uh, a few minutes. So that's the gist of how it works. So so I want to now announce what the first game that I'm giving away is. And it is a game that I I had a great experience with this game. I discovered it when I was kind of burnt out on games, I'd been playing the same one or two for months and I I wasn't really excited about playing games that much, but then I found this game, and it was just so charming and creative and fun. Uh, I, just, I just loved it, and it helped me to remember why I love games so much, and that game is World of Goo. It's kind of hard to explain. It's very easy to understand once you see it. You're taking these balls of goo, and you can connect them in interesting ways that allow you to build a structure with them, or you can move an object with them and spring them around. So it's a, it's a really interesting construction-ish type game, but it's very unique and I, I really highly recommend it. It's a, uh, it's a lot of fun. So I'm really happy to be able to give this away to somebody who may have never played it before. So if you want this game or if you want to put your name in the drawing for the other 11 games that I'll be giving out, then go to 7 slash loot and do it soon so you don't forget and so you don't miss any drawings. So go to the loot page and log in. There's a really handy widget that keeps track of everything. Go there and claim any of the actions that you've already done so you can get the, the credit for that. And then do a couple more of the other ones there. Increase your chances of winning. Uh, there's even one that allows you to share with friends and get credit for that. So go to that loot page, plus7intelligence.com slash loot, and sign up. The first drawing is going to be the 7th of October, and then the drawings will be on the 7th of each month after that. Like I said before, I'm only talking about this giveaway on the show. So the only people who know about it are you listeners and the people that you share it with. So this isn't just a load up my twitter following numbers or whatever this is for my listeners to show some appreciation for helping me to spread the word about the show so that location again is plus7intelligence.com slash loot that's l-o-o-t loot and there will be a link in the show notes there's your intelligence boost for the week next episode i talk with the founder of research through gaming We talk about the unique way that she creates and uses games. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in seven. I'm